0: Well said.
1: Well said. Well said.
0: Well said.
1: Well said. Well Well spoken.
0: Well said. Hi friends. Welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. I'm Bella and we have Brian and Stacy on the podcast again. This week we are talking about having a heart of hospitality. Brian and Stacy have been married for 14 years and they have four children. This family is so welcoming and hospitable. Anyone who knows them knows that Brian and Stacy and their children are so generous with their home. If you are new at church, Brian and Stacy will welcome you and invite you over to their home to share a meal. On today's podcast, we will get to hear some advice and practical ways to show hospitality to the people around us. So welcome back to the podcast, Brian and Stacy. Thank, Thank you. you for having us back. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to ask the same question as before. The question of the podcast is, what is something new you learned this week?
2: Well, something new I learned from uh, visiting Mexico for a week is that, let me backtrack. Here in the States, we usually have dinner around 5 to 5.30 p.m., but in Mexico, they eat late, like 9 or 10 p.m., which is usually our bedtime. Yeah. And so after the meal, Mm -hmm. there's still like hangout time and activities and so there, there there weren't many nights we didn't go to sleep before midnight oh wow so that was an interesting change of pace but that was something i learned is the dinner times are quite different
0: so how what time do they wake up then same, same
2: time <laughs> same, same. they just need less wow. sleep but
0: that's interesting yeah
2: even the seniors could could keep yes. up better than we could so wow culture shock <laughs>
0: Something new
1: that I learned this week was that my daughter enjoys making bookmarkers. So she loves to decorate them. She's making some for her friends. She writes like um, words that describe a friend on the bookmarker. Then she asks to laminate them. So um, I've had an opportunity to sit down with her and then just enjoy being together and making bookmarkers.
0: That's fun. So we are talking about hospitality. So getting into that, for people who don't know exactly what hospitality is, can you explain what that is? And does that only mean you're inviting people into your home?
2: So yes, hospitality doesn't just mean that you have people over. It doesn't mean that you're just having get-togethers or parties, although it involves that. The actual meaning deals with love of the stranger we practice hospitality because it's a it's a christian principle and it's actually a gospel-centered one at that god takes us in to his family we you know we were outsiders we were outcasts we were poorest of the poor we're beggars and filthy and he welcomes us into his home through christ and so as people who live here wherever he's put us we we do likewise certainly with people the church but also people who are strangers that live next to us, people in our community, we just want to get to know them and welcome them in as if they're family and then see what the Lord uses with that.
1: Yes, hospitality is is a command and something where we can grow mutually as believers, encouraging one another and being able to speak the truth to one another in love. Mm-hmm. So, it always hospitality provides those opportunities and just allowing deeper relationships. That could last many years. um, Whether the person, the people move out of church, out of state, the friendship can still remain there.
0: Mm -hmm. I mentioned in the intro that you invite new people into your home, and in the podcast we did before, you were mentioning that you invite. um, a lot of new people that you know strangers and people in your small group and in your church into your home so was there a time that you decided to welcome both friends and strangers into your home or was it kind of something that just happened
2: well i remember the first Mm -hmm. time we went to our church it was exercised upon us and this lady came up to us and she right she invited us to her home after the service and uh It was our first time visiting and like you don't know us yeah you you want us in your home and without any context she said yeah sure why not turned out to be the pastor's wife (laughs) and that spoke volumes to us because we were strangers Mm -hmm. first time Mm -hmm. visitors and she took us in and and that set us on a trajectory to to see that love in action kind of at the leadership level Mm -hmm. and down and so we continued to do likewise over time and, and being able to to do what God blessed us with in that first meeting at the church. And so that was pivotal for me. But
1: Yes. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I'm hitting food coma. Um let's see. I decided to welcome people home when I understood the commandment to be hospitable to one another and to share with others willingly what god has blessed you with and i didn't practice this uh, with my immediate family growing up and as a young adult i didn't i didn't do this not until i met my husband wonderful man he wanted to have everybody and anybody in the house so that was an adjustment for me coming from just a home where it was only the family and then that's it to coming over here with him like. Hey, people, my home is open. When are you going to come in? And so through through reading of scripture and also following, uh, having people who uh, lived a life of hospitality, showing us how to love one another and open up our homes to each other, that's where I was able to learn how to open the door to others mm-hmm. as well in my home.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Stacey, you've mentioned twice um, that this is a commandment. So. Yes. Would you say that not showing hospitality is a sin or like not inviting people into your home, would that be considered a sin?
2: Usually when I see or ask people uh, why they don't open their homes, it usually ends with very selfish responses. And so I would diagnose at pride uh self-service self-convenience those are the sins in the heart because they don't want to deal with um people who talk too much people who don't talk they don't want to deal with the inconvenience of planning preparing um just changing their normal day and um they don't want to deal with other kids you know it's just the list could go on and on there's there's always the temptation to have an excuse not to open their doors and that stems usually from pride selfishness so um i would say that's the sin that needs to be confronted
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah as my husband said it's the heart behind why hospitality is not happening Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be in your home it could be at a public place in the library the park at a cafe shop it could be anywhere the point is how are you going out to meet the body of christ and encourage
0: yeah why do you as a family invite people into your home and why should believers invite people into their home
2: Oh, there's a bunch of reasons why. Ultimately, we want people to know God more. Or we just want them to know them, know God initially. So the home he has blessed us with gives us that platform to say, hey, you know, we want to treat you, and we want to get to know you. And so the resources he's given us, the means that he's allowed us to have to, to make the meal, to purchase the meal, and everything in the home experience contributes to that. And I think on the back end of that, the benefits are huge. There's great joy in getting to know who people are, what they're like, what they think, how they came to be literally here in the house or here at the church, how they met their spouse, how, I mean, their testimony. It's just like unraveling a gift every time we have a guest over, especially first time. Mm -hmm. And then it's fun. I get to work alongside my wife, and we get to do this as a family our kids get involved they ask questions our kids have the opportunity to serve what else what's another benefit
1: we do grow closer together as couples and individuals and we are able to speak truth into each other's lives and sharpening each other
2: another one was oh it's humbling it's very humbling Mm -hmm. because you think you know people just based on their behaviors or their appearance and then you get to know them and you're like I was totally wrong Mm -hmm. i you know i completely judged the outside i had no idea (laughs) of your your past your history and so when that happens it's very humbling because you were wrong (laughs) i was wrong to judge Yeah. yeah and and god pulls all kinds of surprises with the people he brings into our home that way
0: then how does hospitality reflect your faith
2: i think with the question you asked earlier like why do we show hospitality we do believe it is centered on the gospel and it is commanded. Hebrews 13 says to show hospitality, right? And Mm -hmm. just the act of God reaching out to us through his son. He took initiative when he didn't have to, and that is what we want to do for his kingdom. You know, we want to reach out and get to know people, especially people that we see are marginalized, like people who are quieter, people maybe who are on the sidelines are not really in, involved in any kind of group stace has a real heart for that and so that's something we enjoy doing together
1: yeah so i was thinking of hebrews thirteen sixteen. it says do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to god so it's a reminder as well in, in scripture that we are accountable to one another we are to care for one another and to look out for one another so it's it's
0: a constant encouragement what would you say to people who don't show hospitality like you mentioned a lot of the reasons why people doubt is because of selfish reasons but what would you say to people who don't extend that hospitality
2: repent <laughs> <laughs> well uh, ultimately repent mm-hmm. because the selfishness is very prevalent for those who don't um but don't forget how hospitable God is. I think people who are not hospitable have just forgotten to rehearse the gospel. Romans fifteen seven says, therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God, right? So when that captures the heart of a believer, how can one not open their homes or extend a hand and say, come on, come on in, come on over. So I, I think for us, it's energizing mm-hmm. to do that. It wasn't always like that. So we had to grow in that, of course, and repent of our selfishness. Yeah. And, th- and then if, if they're willing to, tr- to try, I mean, they're, you know, you don't have to make a feast yeah. or anything. Mm-hmm. You just small steps. You can even take someone out for a meal after church. doesn't have to be a big expense, mm-hmm. but little practical ways in which you can slowly practice and become what you practice?
1: I think of John thirteen thirty five, which reads, By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And what better way than to open your most intimate place, which is your home, where you, you are constantly battling with sin, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. You're constantly seeing God's faithfulness, seeing God's uh, rewards, and so... Do, that's what it means to be hospitable, to do life with one another.
2: Yeah. They get to see you function in all your failures and all your successes mm-hmm. in the context of a real life family testimony. And that's, I think that gives God glory because we're being authentic. We're, we're not trying to hide and put you up can't a. can't hide. Yeah, we're not putting on a <laughs> dog and pony show. I mean, you know, but if our family is under Christ, there's going to be some fruit that he produces in that. And and when outsiders see that, that's an aroma of life to them. So we want to be able to have that opportunity to share Christ through the family context.
0: What encouragement would you give to someone who doesn't show hospitality because their home isn't big enough or they have just a full schedule? Maybe they have kids who... You know, do extracurricular activities or they work a lot, you know, whatever that might be.
2: I think the temptation is to retreat to that kind of excuse and say, my place doesn't fit the criteria mm-hmm. to be hospitable. But hospitality is a heart attitude. So whether you have a one bedroom apartment or a mansion, both can be used by God when you open those doors. It's not the facility that people will remember, it's the warmth of your love in the relationship and the conversation that people will take away. That is the impact that we can have on them, whether, irregardless of income and irregardless of environment. And so we've had smaller place, we've had bigger place, but we wanted to be faithful in opening both doors and using what we had for his glory. And so it's a stewardship and a hard attitude that needs to be put into practice, regardless of external circumstances i think
1: right because when we put a limit to my house is only this size or my budget is only this size there are many many more excuses that we could think of so just taking it one step at a time you know start with a small family start with a single person a couple a young family with a few children before you know it you'll want to have the whole church in your house
0: (laughs) that's right Sounds like you've been inviting people into your home for a long time. So, what are practical suggestions that you have that have helped you with hospitality?
2: So, here's some I'll I'll share, and then Stace can share some role play. uh, Role play. (laughs) Uh, So, for example, we go to church. We see a new face, and that right away is our I guess target. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, I see a new face. I don't know this person, so I'm going to go introduce myself and get a contact. And then set up something on a night that they can come. And that's exactly how we've done it time and time again. Mm-hmm. Very practical. Uh, if I don't know them, then I get to know them. And and our church has enough rotating faces where every Sunday there's somebody I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so that's exciting because we never run out of mm-hmm. people to get to know. Another practical tip is meal prep. I'll set up the table or the kids will set up the table. Stace will cook most of the meals. I might chime in and don't you know, cook something. It doesn't have to be extravagant. She's really good at dishing up simple, delicious meals that don't require too much prep work and therefore you're not too tired.
1: Also, when, when we continue to have not only new people but repeated people from, mm-hmm. say, from our Bible study group or those friendships that we want to continue to cultivate or friendships that we have neglected, you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. The church continues to grow, grow, grow. Yep. We'll just have them over again, and that's just uh, a sweet moment in which the relationship can grow deeper. And also, it provides an opportunity within our local community to get to know the people, to uh, develop a relationship with them, and introduce Christ to them if they don't know that already. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting. We're going to be having uh, seven veterans that we met in front of Stater Brothers wow. and their spouses this Sunday. So wow. we're really excited. It's the first time ever, so It's the first hospitality. time. I've never met them. So. <laughs> I go grocery shopping, so I see them whenever they're there for like a U.S. holiday or something. Uh-huh. So we're yeah. excited for that. Yeah, uh-huh. I'll have to come back to tell you how it was. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so the food prep, the environment, you know, that's all, all good. But it's the conversations yeah. that we usually find the most richest. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 5 says, The heart of a man is like, deep waters but a man of understanding will draw that out and we find that getting to know our guests is so exciting and so enthralling and the process of discovering who they are what they believe where they come from what their testimony is if they're a believer that we we go deep into their heart and Mm -hmm. you find out that some questions they've never been asked or they haven't been asked in a long time um but we've been able to make that regular practice, and I think those are the things that I will remember when they leave. Mm-hmm. And and it's hard to love people that you don't know. I mean, you can love them from a distance, but it's very yeah. it's very vague. Mm-hmm. But if I see where they're hurting, if I see what their needs are, if I can in any way practically meet those needs with my wife and my kids, those questions help draw out what those vulnerabilities are, and mm-hmm. and and many times they're gracious enough to answer those probing questions. Mm-hmm. And we're we're ready if they're not. Yeah. There's been times that they're not ready to answer, and that's fine. But the majority of people appreciate that the care and the curiosity that mm-hmm. we can exhibit when we're having those conversations.
0: What kinds of questions do you ask the people, like what kind of conversation starters? Tell me your deepest, <laughs> <and> darkest <laughs>
1: secret. <laughs>
2: So uh, something that we use just as uh, a quick acronym to help with the conversation starter is the acronym FORD. Like F-O-R-D, as in you're trying to forward the stream, crossover. And so F-O-R-D, uh, we teach this to our kids to keep it in their back pocket so they can have a conversation if they're waiting in line or if they're, you know, in school, I- anywhere. And it's it's a really good way to break the ice. So F stands for family. And if there's any questions you can ask about family, that usually stems out into many other questions. Like, oh, what do your parents do? How many siblings do you have? Do you have any pets? Oh, how do they get interested in that? And just one question branches off into another, and you can have infinite number of family-related questions. O stands for occupation. occupation. What do you want to be when you grow up? What are you studying? Why are you studying that? Oh, how long have you been doing that as a career and And so on and so forth? So the occupation just kind of gives you an idea of their purpose, their calling, their giftings, and uh, that also can branch off into many other questions mm-hmm. R stands for recreation. what do they do for fun, their hobbies, their interests? what would they do on the weekends, vacations, things that really bring them joy if, if they never got paid. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a totally different side, but it probes a little bit more. And then D goes into what my wife was saying, <laughs> deepest, darkest desires and dreams. The desires, sometimes, yeah. they're, sometimes they're dark. But most of the time, if you get to that level, questions like, where do you see yourself five years from now, ten years from now? What do you think your, your purpose is? What do you think your calling is? Tell me three things you appreciate about your spouse, four things you appreciate about your kids. Those are really fun. And they get to say this in front of the person we're asking about, so it's engaging in a totally different way because now it it piques the attention of the, of, the the, the, of the other person <laughs> yeah right and they're like, oh yeah yeah what what do you appreciate <laughs> about <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more, so it's always kind of nice to to hear the surprises that come out but f o r d has been helpful for us, and it's just a starting point, but when you take those training wheels off and cultivate curiosity, mm-hmm. I think that's really what we want for for ourselves and certainly for our children. They just have a curious attitude and just want to get to know people. It's a good way to love people too.
0: What advice or exhortation would you give to the listeners?
2: Uh, Romans 5, 8 will close with, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in essence, that says that you and I were the most unruly guests At God's table, right? He pulled us off the street of sin and depravity and brought us into his home. That's a huge motivator. Um, It's not just a command, but it's one that he empowers us to obey. And so hospitality, the exhortation I would say would be, yeah, step out in faith, repent of any selfish areas in which, you know, you've been hiding behind certain excuses and you can... Start by opening your doors, and if you're not comfortable there I mean there's other ways to do it. Stace has done play dates mm-hmm. She gets together with some ladies and does crafts there's um, you know guys getting together for a garden project uh-huh. or doing some construction work it doesn't have to always be a dinner yeah, but it just has to be the opening up of your life and a vested interest in someone else's life to the glory of God that that people would grow in christ' likeness and I think there's a lot of freedom and how can that that can be applied
1: yes I'm also reminded of Matthew 7 16 which states you will recognize them by their fruit we follow Christ we say we love him and we want to serve him part of that love and service is also Christ directs us towards his bride the church mm-hmm. to care for one another to share what he has graciously given us and to remember that everything comes from him and it's for his glory that we are able to be hospitable towards others as well and yeah it's something that we that he commands and we delight in that Mm -hmm. it wasn't always like that but as we continue to practice it one step at a time it now has become you know it's part of our lives to be hospitable to the Bride of Christ, his church, and also extending that to our local community.
2: And no one's saying that it's not tiring. It can be very exhausting. It, it's their sacrifice, and there is a cost to it. But that the rewards far exceed the investment put in. And so the fruit that is born, the friendships that have been forged, the relationships that have been made, and the lasting bondings that you have with people... Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just opens up the doors for follow-ups, you know. We usually close our evening, hey, how can I pray for you, mm-hmm. and and then we can follow up. Yeah, how's that job interview, or how's you know how's your kid doing with the sickness, and so many ways to build and cultivate lasting friendships mm-hmm. that have stemmed, and we we've, we've been very blessed by that too.
1: And then it also becomes an accountability to us, which is good, you know. We want to be accountable to others in the body of christ and know that we do not rule ourselves but rather we too are under authority and it's a a good reminder to constantly be checking ourselves with the word of god
2: and one caution i would well for people like me who are extroverted who get excited about this stuff if we're not careful anything can become an addiction Mm -hmm. right just the excitement Mm -hmm. the enthralling feeling you get when you've gotten to really connect with family and and sometimes you just want to keep going keep doing it Mm -hmm. and there's you know, not much thought to self-control or considering, hey, can my family handle this? You know, there have been times where we've maybe done it too many times mm-hmm. and, and then our, our family energy is spent. Mm-hmm. And the time that we could have been bond, you know, just it's a discernment issue. Yeah. So just to have the balance. And yes, we want to cultivate as a lifestyle, but we don't want to teeter the scales and say, all right, boom, boom, boom. We're going to have this many people over this week. And, mm-hmm. and that's happened before. And so we need to be careful
0: also important to still have a family life right you know just family time yes yes Yes, absolutely
2: but it does cultivate some good questions with the kids hey what did you think last night with so-and-so they're listening and they have very insightful things to share sometimes bad things happen you know like Mm -hmm. conflicts with the kids and they're able to share that and we can walk and talk them through those things and so provides a lot of good talking points and in discipling our kids, mm-hmm. so that's been. Mm-hmm.
0: When you have families over who don't have kids, are your are your children still sitting at the table and listening, or are they excused to play? At
2: this time, we have um, younger kids, ages seven to eleven, and so we say you got to ask at least one question mm-hmm. before you help clean up the table, okay. and so for the most part, they do. They. Mm-hmm you know, just trying to build that in to Mm -hmm. cultivate the curiosity, but. Mm -hmm,
1: Right. show interest in others and not be so uh, focused on self. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you for being on the podcast. I've really been blessed by this conversation and I hope that it stirs a heart for hospitality in the listeners as well. So thank you for having this conversation with me.